Israel Daily News Podcast. I'm your host, Shanna Fold, and I'm here to get you caught up quickly. I've got some top news stories for you today from Israel, and guess what? You're listening, so you're already on top of your game. Survive and thrive, people. Knowledge is the best weapon. Today is Tuesday, July 25th, 2023 in the Gregorian calendar and the 7th of of 5783 in the Hebrew calendar. Today, I'll share a bit about my experience going out to cover the violent and overwhelming protests last night, and I'll, of course, share some of the voices of the people as they express their concerns for the future following the vote that started the judicial reform last night. Now, let's get to the news. After months of protests and debate, the coalition passed a law that prevents the courts from reviewing the reasonableness of government and ministerial decisions. And this is affecting the highest, the executive. The third and final reading of the bill passed 64 to 0. And now the reasonableness bill is no more. The entire 56-member opposition boycotted the vote and did not show up. Hundreds of thousands of citizens rioted in protest on Kaplan Street in Tel Aviv, chanting and starting fires. The coalition attempted to amend the bill and come to a broader agreement with the opposition, which immediately failed. The coalition now has more legal cover if it chooses to pursue specific political goals its members have supported that were otherwise prohibited or could have been with the reasonableness test. This includes firing the attorney general or other guardians of the rule of law. The Israeli Medical Association announced a one-day general strike in response to the government's first judicial overhaul bill being passed. Healthcare workers will operate on a limited Shabbat and holiday schedule. The strike excludes emergency rooms and psychiatric hospitals, as will community clinics in Jerusalem, which will operate as normal. Yeshatid has filed a petition with the High Court of Justice urging Justice Minister Yariv Levin to convene the Judicial Selection Committee, which has not been assembled since April of 2022. This committee is essentially a panel that helps appoint judges to the bench. The government wants to change up the construction of it and add more government members to the selection committee. They say this makes things more democratic, but critics highlight that this will give the government the majority on the panel and allow the government to select their favorite candidates for judicial roles. Now, people who are in support of this move say that the Supreme Court is a boys club and that they bring in their friends and family to be a part of this role. However, experts I've spoken with say that there's a long process and that that's not the case. Levin refused to convene the panel until the reform was passed. This other section of the reform would offer any empowered coalition to have a majority on the selection committee, meaning that there would be a number of them and they would be able to tip the scale and choose who they want to see 
on the Supreme Court or in other judicial positions. This part of the reform faced intense public protest since it was displayed and it created a legislative freeze because people were so crazed about it. The Israel Bar Association and Knesset representatives are part of this special panel that Yesha Teed is asking to convene already. There's a shortage in judicial roles right now throughout the country. On July 12th, Otzma Yehudit's member of Knesset Itzchak Kruiser was elected to the panel in a vote, but the panel is still not ready to get into action. I want to thank all of you for your interest in Israeli affairs. Israeli politics are world politics, and I want to thank all of you who reached out to say good job on my protest coverage last night and all of you who are commenting and checking in to make sure that we're safe over here at the Israel Daily News podcast. I also want to thank everyone who is personally financed and funding the Israel Daily News podcast with monthly contributions. If you would like to do the same, head over to anchor.fm slash Israel Daily News so you can send a monthly contribution as well. You can also support us by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Two, you can share the show with a friend. And three, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at IsraelDaily.News, as well as Shanafold. My name has two N's in it, and I'm very sensitive about that. You can also find us on Twitter at Israel Podcast. Now that Parliament has passed a law which will limit the Supreme Court's power, what happens next? Critics say the overhaul will eliminate the only means of checks and balances in the country's governance. They argue it will compromise the independence of Israel's judiciary and negatively impact rights that are not protected by the country's basic laws. Those who oppose the bill are taking action, and the country is bracing for labor strikes and military refusals. Several organizations are going to the Supreme Court to challenge the bill's legality and block its implementation. The court's decision could lead to a constitutional crisis between the government and the judiciary. And by the way, we say constitutional crisis, but Israel does not have an actual constitution that is written on a paper. Last night, I was out in the midst of immense protests in the streets of Tel Aviv following the announcement of the vote that passed in the Knesset. I walked my gear and myself up to the scene of demonstrations on Kaplan Street all the way up to Hashalom train station, which is over the Ayalon Highway. If you look down, you can see it. No cars could pass through on any of these roads. The Ayalon was blocked down under. People lit fires. They danced. They banged on drugs. And while it was a chaotic scene, it felt different to me. Most people reported feeling sad. And typically when I've covered these protests, people had a feeling of fight. I just sort of felt that there was a bit of a feeling of defeat. And some people still carried their drums and they still sang. But it was a it was a sad feeling. Now, it's time to hear the voices of the people from the streets of Tel Aviv. I'm going to start you off with a right-wing thought from a protester who came out to support the reform on Sunday night. There was actually a pretty large right-wing demonstration, which was unusual. Most of these demonstrations are left-wing. He sent us a clip after the protest to tell us what he thought and how he feels about what's going on. Then, I'm going to let you hear some left-wing Tel Avivians that I interviewed last night. They say, they are ready to stop the reform from moving ahead and that they recognize that this vote was just the tip of the iceberg. 
the atmosphere was kind of like carnival of democracy. It was a very positive atmosphere. For one, we support them in passing the law that was passed, important limitation on the power of the judges and the excuses under which they can revoke uh, the decisions as, as comes for laws comes for laws policy or appointments of the elected officials representatives of the Israeli people in our democracy and uh, secondly to let them know that us the voters who elected them will not forgive them if they fail to do what they were elected for which is to withdraw some of the power of the courts which has prevented right-wing governments from enacting the policy which represents the will of the Israeli public, which for the most part, especially overwhelmingly in the Jewish population, is right-wing. And uh, I hope they got the message that we want these changes and we're willing to face some uh, backlash for it because this is more important than uh, any kind of resistance. I hope that democracy will work and people who live in this country will understand that democracy also means that you have to accept sometimes things which you don't like when that is the voice of the majority that's the those are the rules of living in a democracy and that's the social contract which enables it which allows it to exist so i feel like the government doesn't really listen to us and doesn't care about what we think and what we feel and we are just angry so instead of crying at home we came here to shout it out what was your emotion when you found the news out today? I cried. <laughs> yeah, I just cried and I called my grandpa, who is a lawyer, and I just asked him like, what he thinks is going to happen. And everyone is really upset. Yeah, I think that there is going to be like a shutdown in the market and a lot of companies are going to like stop working and the shekel is going to go down. And I'm really worried about the economy and about the way that we live our lives. What's, what would you say is your big fear for what's to come next? Like the big one, not like, you know, the long-term one. I think that they can do anything they want. No one is going to stop them. I think it can be against people who are not religious, against women, against children, anyone. I'm really worried. Um, it's a beginning, but it's a beginning of, uh, of, uh, Israel, of Israel being less and less democratic. It gives power to the government. The government will use this power, uh, to, and uh, it will have consequences. We will live and see, but I believe it will have very significant and serious consequences. And it's now it is even more difficult to make a ch change back, to return back to where we have been yesterday, right? So, uh, but it's not the end of the story. I think the the resistance will increase, I believe. I was at the office. I was listening to radio all day long. To I had some um, faith that this act wouldn't pass that easily. And yet, I, I don't support it. And I think that it's still... A, um, how would I put it? A win for the um, democratic act. And why that? They, it, it took them more than six months to pass just the first rule of the democratic um, overhaul overhaul Judicial yeah. reform. yeah and without the protest it would take them six days and not not six months
If you have any thoughts or if you want to respond to these protesters, feel free to send us an email or a message uh, and, and share with us your feelings after you are hearing what people have to share. Israeli scientists are worried about extreme weather events happening worldwide. Ocean temperatures are rising rapidly and warming in the North Atlantic is worse than even expected or predicted. Even though Israel hasn't faced the type of heat waves that other places have experienced in in Europe, for example, experts are warning that these are going to become more commonplace and even more intense in the future. Global temperatures have broken records recently, and experts think this trend is going to continue. The impact of global warming caused by burning fossil fuels is supposed to get worse. I personally feel Tel Aviv is too hot to handle right now. I can only go outside for short bursts of time. Do not forget to hydrate, folks, because you will be feeling this heat wherever you are. All right. Well, that is it for today's show. Today is Tuesday, July 25th, 2023. Tel Aviv has a low of 26 degrees Celsius and a high of 33 degrees. That's 76 degrees Fahrenheit for the low, going up to 92 degrees for the high. Subscribe to the Israel Daily News Podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're hearing this from. We are everywhere. Don't forget to sign up to our Israel Weekly News Wrap. It's a newsletter with the top five stories coming out of Israel from throughout the week. You can sign up for that at israeldaily.news. A big thank you goes out to my interns, Maya Goodman, Dylan Jaffe, for writing some of today's news scripts. And thank you so much to Mali Kabi for taking care of our publicity. And thank you to our social media director, Michelle Milner. I'm going to send you off now with a song called Hof Ahava, which translates to Love Beach in English. That's by Ya'ara Sholian, one of my favorite singers here in the Tel Aviv area. Enjoy this song and have a great and productive day. Oh